I really realized the broker channel had a lack of marketing and business development because when I worked at the bank, you have this massive brand behind you that you don't really have to advertise, right? You just say, this is where I work. And even if I knew nothing, people would trust me because of this massive brand. So when I went over to the broker channel, now having this experience, I was a high volume producer. All of a sudden, I really had to justify that I knew what I was doing and that I had this still a successful business. They're still my clients. I'm still the same person, mm-hmm. same services being provided. I just no longer have this brand. So I knew I had to create my own. And I basically, like most brokers, kind of stumbled through it. I had some previous experience. I've been using Canva for years, but I just started with my time. Like, you know, I didn't have any leads. I would work as many hours as I could creating presentations, pamphlets, knocking on business doors, literally popping into financial planner offices without a meeting. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Sarah Matthew. Sarah is a mortgage broker who has previously worked at the bank. She's in the business for six years. She went from broker assistant to banker, back to being a broker, and we have a fantastic conversation. Sarah's a brilliant marketer and has built a very successful business out of Kamloops, BC. We talk about some of the cool things that she does. So she creates listing landing pages for her real estate agent. She creates the social media posts. So at our company, Bricks Mortgage, she actually is the brains behind a bunch of this stuff that we provide for our agents for free. So amazing content that she creates and just really good at getting business to come in the door. And then uh, she works with her husband, Luke, who actually does all the business. And so she's built a very successful mortgage business very quickly. I think you really enjoy this conversation. Also on this episode, I talked to Tom Hall from Blue Mortgage about the benefits of doing things yourself. Check that out. And before I jump into that, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform. I got to tell you, one of the cool things about this app, so recently we did some broker talks events, which we're going to do again. And one of the agents there who's using Finmo said they got a referral from a realtor. Awesome, right? This was a very organized referral source and sent him an email with a whole bunch of PDFs. Here's all my documents. I heard you're my guy, help me out. And he's like, oh, he's traveling around with us, speaking at our events. And then he shoots him back an email says, hey, thanks so much, appreciate it. Here is my link, this is Finmo link. I need to start with the application. Of course, the guy goes to the application. At the end of when he's done the application, it says, oh, because it's intelligent, it's got a smart application, it knows what documents you need. At the end, it says, hey, you need to upload these documents. So then the guy goes and uploads all the documents properly into all of the spots in his Finmo. So instead of him having to sort through you know, all these PDFs and figure out which way is up, he's got the full application and he's got documents all done. Meanwhile, he's talking at a conference and you know, at the end of the session, he's like, oh, look at that, file's in there. That's what happens when you have great tech, a great tech partner. If you want to check out Finmo, go to lendescom slash Finmo. It's a fantastic tool, very easy to use for brokers and borrowers. And maybe you can get an experience like that too. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Sarah. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business. Yeah, you bet. Well, thanks for having me on the show, number one. And I mean, there's a couple different things we could talk about, but myself, my name's Sarah Matu. I'm a mortgage broker. Been a broker for about six years now, or in the mortgage industry anyways, went from broker to bank and then back to the dark side. And lately I've been really working on like helping mortgage brokers with their business development and their marketing. So 
there's kind of two aspects to my business, Mortgage Tech, which is my mortgage company, which is actually under BRX Mortgage, and then my marketing company, My Broker Pro. Right, which is, you got some amazing stuff, which we'll, we'll talk about. So you said you went to the dark side. So what's the dark side? Is the dark side the bank or the broker? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. You're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, both. both? Yeah. So you were a broker, then you were a banker for a while, and then back to being a broker. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. I was a licensed assistant to a broker when I first started, and she did about 70 million. And then you can imagine I got to touch a lot of files, you know, 30 files or more a month and learn a lot from her and just from seeing that many deals. And then uh, when we decided to go our separate ways, I kind of got enticed to go to the bank because they like offer you this small salary plus commission for a short amount of time. And then you're on your own. But yeah, I worked there for a few years, became one of their top volume producers in like Canada. And then when my husband wanted to join, they said no. So they actually kind of like forced us back into the broker channel. Well, they wouldn't let him come into the mortgage. Like, it's funny how that is, eh? Like, Yeah, they had some different reasons, nothing really added up, but it was mostly like, oh, he doesn't have experience. Oh, we don't want like a married couple. So it was just, it wasn't definitive. So I was honest, listen, we'll have to go to the broker channel. We're not going to work separately. And they said, okay. And so we went back and it was obviously the best decision we made. Brokers make more money. I've got more flexibility. I'm not under this massive corporation anymore and kind of doing my own thing, which has obviously allowed me to explore different avenues like the marketing and stuff too. And now my husband's a very successful broker too, a year and a half, almost two years later. So he runs their mortgage business and then you run the marketing part of your business or the marketing business that supports him, but also other mortgage brokers, right? That's correct. Um, Yeah. He started out kind of fully underwriting and then he took over pretty much all the deals this summer. We drew a line in the sand because you can imagine. (laughs) At some point you got it. Yeah. Because there's always like, well, I know what's going on with this file and you don't. We're used to say, okay, I'm done. Exactly. Um, so we just said, here's the different parts of the business. And as a broker, you know that you wear so many different hats that one of us had to focus on marketing and business development and the other one had to focus on brokering. So it actually worked really well that we both enjoy the parts of the business that we do now. Right. Before we jump into the rest of your story, I'd love to ask you about a quote that's had an impact on your life or business. Do you have something that is a reminder for you? I really like the quote from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I might butcher this, but where he says, like, it's not about how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. And I know my husband and I have had some like serious cycles of money coming in, money coming out, and some crazy experiences in the last 10 years. So to me, that really stuck when I read that, because it's true, you can be as successful as you want, but... How much yeah, money. exactly. And that's where some of these people focus on volume. And then at the end of the year, you're like, wow, actually, I'm not. So <laughs> I'm not uh, how yeah. do you, how has that quote influenced? Like, think of a decision that you would have made, you know, the last little bit that was influenced by that. Can you think of one? Yeah, I mean, the book itself, it's great. I'm sure you've read it. And mm-hmm. um, it talks a lot about assets and things working for you, your business working for you, you know, like so that one day you can step outside of your business and still see it run. So definitely change some automation parts of my business, my husband and I drawing that line in the sand. But the biggest thing too, was we had a vacation property at the ski hill here. I'm in Camelot BC, so the ski hill Sun Peaks. And it was costing us a lot of money, you know, as a second home, we didn't rent it out because we couldn't do the rental restrictions. And when we both read that book, it was very obvious to us, like, hey, we need to sell this. It's not really an asset. It's costing us money. You know, it's not making us any money. And you're not using it all the time anyway. So like, no. 
No, you the know, season's limited yeah. and by February you're over the snow so you don't go visit anymore and it doesn't open until last weekend, so November. Right, right, right. right. Okay. That's really good. And then, so tell me about this. So obviously you're wired for business. I can definitely tell from the conversations we've had and especially marketing. So can you share something that you tried, but failed, but now looking back, you're like, oh, there was a lesson in it. Oh yeah. I've got many of those. I'm sure most business people do, but funny enough, how I got into the broker channel is I was working actually as an industrial electrician for the majority of my life, my first career for like seven years. So okay, what, I don't even know what that is. What is an industrial electrician? like an underground in a mine. Really? That's what you, yeah. I would never have pictured that you, that's know, what your previous career was. And for good reason, I was horrible at it. Okay. Like that is a job in itself, but even like wiring a house, your house would probably catch on fire if I wired it. So I was just a, not a good electrician. I always knew that always bothered me because I like to be good at what I do, but I stuck it out due to the salary as I'm sure you've done mortgage applications for yeah. tradesmen and they do well. Right. So yeah. But I remember the first thing telling my husband, like, I hope you're not marrying me for this job because I'm quitting the first chance I get. So I actually found a marketing company that was kind of a franchise that I bought and I quit my job, like unexpected, just told my husband, hey, I came home from work today and I quit my job and I was buying this marketing company. But we were building a house at the same time and things really fell through with the house with our builder and finances and stuff. So we got into this really sticky spot where I now no longer had an income, but I learned a lot through the marketing company and also trying to approach people to like get business and like how wrong I was doing it. Like, just like, Hey, I own this company, like work for me, no value yeah. added, no nothing. My pitch was awful. And then our house thing fell apart and I went to my broker at the time and I was like, oh my God, I need a job. I'm going to have to call and beg for my job back. And she was like, I'll hire you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know much about mortgages. But anyway, she gave me a job pretty much on the spot and helped me through this crazy rough time in our lives. Well, we were in a lawsuit for years and I learned almost everything because of her. Right. right. So just funny how things happen. How long did you wind up working for that person? Just over about a year and a half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I got to ask, like, I've never had of all the people I've had on the show, like hundreds of them. No one said to me, I was an industrial electrician. This is <laughs> unique. And if you don't love it, how did you end up there? That doesn't seem like something you just see a sign oh, in the road. Yeah. And go, I'm going to go get an industrial electrician and work underground. Like there's got to be a story there. How did that happen? I went to college after high school because I couldn't really afford university. So I went and did this like three-year program that could branch into university if you liked it. And it was, um, I'm French actually, so different name, but it was basically like a technology course for engineers, electrical engineers. And then I liked it, but again, I wasn't very like my grades were okay. And I'm usually like a strong student. So that bothered me. So I kind of like fell out of love with it naturally. And then I wanted to move out West. I'm from Ontario. So I wanted to move out West and I just started applying for jobs. And most people were like, Hey, if you want to be an electrician, like at the time they needed female and trades and you know, like certain ratios for hiring. So it was actually quite an easy process, especially since I had a few years of this like college degree. Yeah. And um, yeah, the first company that said yes here in Kamloops hired me and I moved to Kamloops. So, right. And it was actually a mine though. 
Yeah, yeah, new gold okay. mines here in Canada. Right. Underground, wow, crazy. Okay, and I well, loved I, the I, place I, I worked. It had nothing to do with new gold. It had nothing to do with the employees. Everything about that was awesome. I learned right. a lot there too. Like my love for like KPIs and spreadsheets and technology kind of derives from there too. But yeah, it was just the fact that like I was a lousy electrician. <laughs> right, okay. So then let's fast forward now to your mortgage business. So how did you get your mortgage business going so quickly? Like, I guess, what were some of the things that were helpful for you? Because this is going to tie into your marketing, I'm sure, but I'm teeing this up for you. So what things did you do to build your mortgage business that I know then ended up being in the marketing side of things? So tell me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, coming from the bank, like, you know, I went from broker to bank and then I back to the broker channel. I really realized the broker channel had a lack of marketing and business development, because when I worked at the bank, you have this massive brand behind you that you don't really have to advertise, right? You just say, this is where I work. And even if I knew nothing, people would trust me because of this right. massive brand. So when I went over to the broker channel, now having this experience, I was a high volume producer, all of a sudden, I really had to justify that I knew what I was doing and that I had this still a successful business. They're still my clients. I'm still the same person, mm -hmm. same services being provided. I just no longer have this brand. So I knew I had to create my own. And I basically, like most brokers, kind of stumbled through it. I had some previous experience. I've been using Canva for years, but I just started with my time. Like, you know, I didn't have any leads. I would work as many hours as I could creating presentations, pamphlets, knocking on business doors, literally popping into financial planner offices without a meeting and trying to land. That was my very first deal was a financial planner like, oh, okay, well, help me with this, right? So right. I was in people's face a lot. And I feel like the marketing gradually, like most people know, it's like a full-time job. So that's again, where me and my husband decided to separate. Divide and conquer kind of thing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because... Right. Again, both loves for different things, but at the same time, they're both necessary. And as a broker, you do wear many hats, right? So it's uh, kind of leaded me into this marketing world now. You know, what's interesting you talk about, so like you create beautiful stuff. It looks amazing. But if you don't get it in anybody's hands, you were willing to do the non-scalable thing, which was go knock on a door and see where it went and even print brochures to give them that most people wouldn't do because it'd be like, it costs you money. It's like, yeah, but... You know, it's like, okay, you knock on 10 doors. What does it cost for a bundle of, it's probably not that expensive, right? Like, no, no, not at yeah, all. Yeah, like it's pennies. So like you end up picking up one new relationship or two, you're paid for for years and years. 100%. So what is the best marketing campaigns? If you look at all the things that you've tried, break down what you found to be one of the best ones for you. I'm just curious. Like to gain like referral partners and like- Yeah, to get referral partners or even more than referral partners because if they don't send you business, if you had to look at your business that you're doing and your husband's now running and you said, okay- of the campaigns that I run, this one here, I can directly relate to the biggest percentage of my business. I'm curious, which one was that? What was it? I keep track of like where our leads come, what funds and whatnot, but I'd have to say like the majority of our business, I think it's like 58% comes from realtors. We do a lot of referral business for them. I use a lot of my marketing material to give to them. Like I give them free blogs, free social media posts. I've got a realtor bundle package we kind of talked about, you know, that allows them to get like featured listing websites. I pay for them to have their own Canadian mortgage app. So I just constantly am providing them with value in hopes. I don't ask for anything, but in hopes that they'll return the favor by sending. It obviously me. works. I mean, the only difference that I would do, when you, I would ask, I would do everything because I think you're adding tons of value. I'd probably be a little more like, you know, hey, man, let's do more business together. But that's yeah. just me. So it obviously you haven't had to do that. But 
So tell me about the realtor marketing campaign that you, because you recently rolled this out for our agents. And so all of our agents have access to this. So when you showed me, I was like, oh my gosh, a fire hose of stuff. Give me a breakdown of what that is specifically, like the different components that you have. Because I think this is actually genius because most mortgage brokers are like, hey, I don't know how to add value. It's like, well, this is the way you can add value. And it's, you know, one of the ways, but give me a breakdown of that. For sure. And I think as an agent, we all struggle to like, we all want to work with realtors. I mean, at the end of the day, realtors are the ones who are hitting the ground running. They're finding first time home buyers. They're doing a lot of the legwork for us because by the time a person gets to us, a lot of the time they have a realtor, right? So being that person they recommend is obviously important. But again, like you said, like, I don't know, the broker may be like, I don't know how to do this, but everybody has the same pitch is what I was realizing in the last, you know, six years of my career. Hey, I'm a broker. I have access to a bunch of lenders and I want to help you, right? Like I want to partner, but I was like, I need something outside of this. So it actually really derived years ago when I was still at the bank, I print out as much material as I could, pens, pamphlets, rate sheets. And I would show up to like pre-sale events, open houses, anywhere I knew that the realtors would be. And I'd be like, hey, I'm Sarah. We've never met, but here's all my stuff. If you want to put it out, um, feel free. So that kind of developed, obviously, over the course of the years, those realtors for me not asking and just showing up. Now they ask me, hey, Sarah, do you want to work in our office? Do you want to do a first time homebuyer presentation? So it's really just turned around, which is amazing. And obviously, everybody's goal is a broker. So I've kind of taken pieces from the real estate teams we work for and things they've asked me for over the years because they're right. just basically stuff they know they should do, but they either don't know how or, they, or they maybe their admin person isn't good at it. And so you're like, this is in my wheelhouse. So I'll help you with it. And then you're, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, the connections I've made through even these people to builders and developers like, hey, you know, she's helping us. And so anyways, it's really snowballed. But so essentially within this package, which only kind of came out a few months ago, some pieces have followed me over the years for sure. But, you know, there's things that you can provide as the agent to the realtor to provide value. And so instead of saying, hey, I'm a broker, I have access to hundreds of lenders, use me. It's more like, hey, I have access to all these products and presentations and pamphlets and, you know, things that we could do together that will grow your business and also help me. So the goal is that the broker provides this to the realtor for free in exchange for a partnership, right? There's right, even right. like it goes as far, and this was the newest release is like featured listing websites, like single listing websites, essentially, where the broker can use these templates, either do them themselves or like I suggest they do because I'm always like, here, I made this for you without them asking. So they use these templates to create a listing. Um, you know, I'd have to show you, but basically it's just like shows off their beautiful featured listing that now they can share on social media and mm-hmm. uh, with all their referral partners as well. And then it also comes with like Instagram posts, Facebook posts, TikTok and Facebook reels, like things to go with the featured listing to show it off. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed with the few. How, agents- how many? Okay. So I'm going to break this down. So you just, I would say, tell me like I'm 10. So you basically have a single listing page that yeah. is for a property. So one, two, three Main Street looks yeah. beautiful. I've seen it. looks amazing. Yeah. Links to all of their stuff. So it looks like it, it's the base of them. You're on there, obviously, as a partner. And then you also give them social media posts. So if I'm a realtor, you're doing this for me. How many posts would you give me that goes along with that listing page? 
It would kind of be just a few posts for different platforms. And it would be like just listed, like a just listed post. And then also a mortgage post, which is like, can I afford this home? And it's intended for them to swipe through it. So the first page is a picture of their property with the MLS details and stuff. Swipe. And then it's all mortgage details. So that's where we would put like power by BRX mortgage mm -hmm. or whoever's company it is so that the realtor is now advertising for the broker. But what I've found is the realtors love it so much because one, it's unexpected. They may not know how to do it themselves, or maybe it's too costly that they like brag for you. So the mm -hmm. agents we've put it out to always give our mortgage company, mortgage tech, like a shout out. Like, thank you so right. much. Right. So yeah, it's just a few pieces with the featured listing, but then, yeah, we do have like door hangers, postcards, rate sheets, other things that they would use as part of their partnership with the realtors, like open house stuff kind of. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And again, you leave with value. If it's a realtor that you don't know. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's a realtor that I don't know, but I know about them or so you, you do this for them, share it with them. And if they go, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Then it's reach out. Hey, love to chat with some of the other things we do. And now you've got your foot in the door because you started with value instead of, you know, hey, please meet me because, you know, I'm just like everybody else. So I think it's a great exactly. idea. Exactly. It gives um, you like, yeah, a little bit of an edge, like here, I've got all this stuff, right? Like my husband and I went for coffee with a realtor yesterday. And as much as, you know, we all love talking about real estate because that's our business. We kind of did dive into some marketing as well because she was saying her agency like does nothing. And I was like, well, then we need to sit down and do a separate meeting where I can show you how to use this app. Here's these feature lists, like, you know, all these things we can do together to gain mm -hmm. more business for both of us. And she was like, right. yeah, for sure. Right. So right. it's, it's a pretty a easy topic. sell. And it's not even a sell really. It's exactly. partnering together. So Perfect. I love that idea. So, and that's just one of the ways that you help people. So tell me about what's kind of, you know, the biggest change you made to your business in the last sort of 12 months or the best change. Definitely this marketing shift. So as much as I've been doing it for like our business, you know, these past few years and me personally, prior to us starting like our own brokerage, it's definitely been me like opening up the doors to other brokers. So that only actually began in August of this year. And right. Since we did that, because this type of marketing material and maybe like mindset and stuff is maybe different than what a lot of brokerages are offering. I've had like a flood of brokers, like within a few months yesterday, I looked at 820 members, not all of them paid members, but a lot of them who are utilizing, you know, the free training or even just like our Facebook group or something. And then we also do help people schedule and do their social media and blogs and stuff. But so that was the nicest shift because I've met so many amazing brokers along the way, like from across Canada. And it's just opened up this whole new like avenue to me. So, right. Yeah, that's cool. That's super cool. All right. So, where do people find this if they want to look you up? So far, it's just been online, but I do have a website. So, it's mybrokerpro.ca. But mostly it's been like the I Love Mortgage Brokering group, the newbie group. There's like a women's mortgage group, that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's just kind of grown. And now it's like word of mouth to the point where I actually had to close down some of my paid services just because like I need to wait until me and my assistants can catch up. Right, so it's right. just like, hey, who's doing your social media? This is awesome. 
and it's been kind of blowing up from there but right. uh, we want to obviously do things right so yeah it's kind of like when you see like a lender will come out with a really low rate but then it's like oh well we can't even get you a commit for six weeks it's like you better <laughs> off to just say you know what we're on exactly. pause right now <laughs> so you, for a bit. yeah stop we're not going to continue to offer this temporarily because yeah i think it's amazing it. and anybody <laughs> who's at the brokerage at bricks actually it's all included with with us so yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So well, when I saw the value, I was like, man, our brokers were going bonkers over it. Yeah, they're um, so excited. A so, few of them have reached out personally, and we've got some one-on-one scheduled on like how to help with their Canva and their brands, that kind of stuff. So it's right. what cool. I love is when you get good people together, there's collaboration that happens. So, you know, if you notice, because you've been in the Facebook group now for Bricks and just how people are so positive and collaborative, like it's so important to yeah. Because nobody has all the answers. And today I was on a call with some of the pros in the brokerage. And one of the guys like, I'm working on a presentation for teachers, like how to help teachers. But I'm like, okay, what's your plan to get teachers to find out about it? So he gave me one thing. And then I got everybody else in the room to go around and say, okay, you can't use that one. But if you had to do it, what would you do? And what would you do? All yeah. of a sudden, all the different ideas were coming up. And I was like, I didn't think of that one. Like, exactly. And so this is the power of collaboration. It's a multiplier yeah. effect of yeah. good ideas get really amplified if you have the right culture. So I think that's cool. Um, I've kind of always felt the same way. And I think that's why I connected with Bricks because like when I first started, a lot of the times people would be like, well, why are you helping these people? Like they're all yeah. brokers as well. And I was like, okay, hey, I've been in the business now for quite a few years, high volume producer for the last few years. And there's more than enough mortgages to go around. Like I'm not struggling to find deals because I'm obviously right. putting myself out there. So at the same time, like as much as, you know, I'd love to be the only mortgage person in Kamloops. That would be awesome, <laughs> but I'm not. But there's more business than you could possibly even do anyway. Even if you exactly. could get, you couldn't do it all. Like you just no, couldn't. You couldn't. So, yeah. No, and I realized that when like the girl I worked for was doing 70 million, then I was doing 45 million. I know other people who are doing 70 something million. So obviously there's more than enough mortgages just in Kamloops to go around. Right. So let alone Canada. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't mind helping other brokers elsewhere. And the other day, one of the girls was on my um, training calls for how to present to first time home buyers was our most recent training. And she was like, hey, we need to meet for coffee. And I just always assume people are in Ontario. And she's like, no, I'm from Kamloops. And I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. You're like, what? That's crazy. So now we're meeting for coffee. <laughs> but I mean, technically, we're supposed to be, you know, against each other but but uh, i find when you give your best ideas to other people sometimes they'll come back with things that you're like that is such an improvement and then you now get that improvement too right you may have been the source of the original idea but the improvements that come it's always worth it because you will get better faster and you're a creative person it's not like you all of a sudden you're out of ideas and you're no more like i think you're going to have another idea in three months six months or you know six weeks so tomorrow who cares? Morning. Like I was up in tomorrow morning. And so it's all, <laughs> and, and then ultimately the last kind of asterisk on this is that it still comes down to execution. Like people, if they don't execute, you are somebody who executes or you wouldn't have built your business as quickly as you have. If you don't execute, it's irrelevant anyway. It's like, oh, I got all these great ideas. I got a you know binder full of them, but who cares? You don't do any work. And I found too, like I'm very creative in the sense like business, like of even different things outside of mortgage brokering or marketing. But then like, they each lead to a different thing. So even if I've got an idea that like doesn't necessarily ever come to action, it's still like, oh, that could be tied in here or, oh, that, could, you know, it doesn't really go away. It's just like, maybe it wasn't the perfect plan at the beginning. So sharing right. with other people, like you said, will just kind of like speed up that process. Stimulate that. And I have a whole list of ideas. I just keep them there and every once in a while I'll go through them and then it's just reminders. Of, oh, right. And then you try to connect the dots between some of yeah. these things. And then sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. 
So I got some rapid fire questions. I can ask shorter answers if you like. So what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? Oh, geez. I think the biggest thing people are shocked of is like me and my husband, we've been together 10 years and we've bought and sold 10 houses and moved. Oh my gosh. Times. In 10 years. Are you in the witness protection program? Because <laughs> yeah. that would be the, the only reason. So. <laughs> it's like, oh, we got to move again. So You're going to find me after this podcast. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh. I thought I moved a lot. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, it's so next level for sure. Was he a builder or something? Was there a reason? Okay, because sometimes builders do this because it's like they're their own customer, but no. Um, so when we did have that, like I mentioned earlier, like a bad experience building a house, we ended up in this crazy lawsuit. The builder was fraudulent. So we had to kind of restart our lives. So that was our third house that we had purchased and tore down and built. But then we got into so much debt trying to finish this project that by the time we sold, we were like minus five bucks in our account. So we had to like rebuild, which is the easiest way through real estate, right? So like a flip Mm -hmm. property, an okay for now house and then sell and this and that. I see. So So keep laddering back up again from like, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So what's a movie everybody should watch at least once? What's the one where they talk about the recession? I'm just drawing a blank because I'm so bad. The Big Short? Yes, that one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a good movie. What's one software program or digital tool you can't run your business without? Oh, I'd have to say Canva because my whole business. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, (laughs) if you said anything but Canva here, I'd be, um, you're like the queen of Canva. Queen Um, of Canva, that's me. Yeah, you and your business card, queen of Canva. All right. So let me ask you this question then. If you could travel back in time, you you first got in the mortgage business, you were working for somebody, but if you could give yourself some advice that you think would be helpful, what would you say to yourself? That is too funny because honestly, today in my like Facebook group, I actually posted the same thing. Like if you could go back in time, not even anticipating this question. So I'm already prepared. I basically said, like, keep going. So when you're brand new, it's so hard to break through this industry. Like the failure rate is so high and for good reason. It's super tough. We all think, okay, we're going to go into this business and make good money, which possibility is there. But when I was like six months in, like after trying to do my own business, working for somebody's different and learning the ins and outs is stressful enough, but trying to find your own business and contributing towards your family financially and all that stuff is a totally different ballgame. So I remember crying to my husband like six months in. And as you can tell, like I was knocking on doors and pamphlets and meetings and this, and I had this massive pipeline. Like even my boss at the time was like, I've never seen this. Like you have like 60 million in your pipeline. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not getting paid. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I wanted to quit or get a nighttime job, like a waitress job or something. And my husband actually pushed me to keep going. And it's crazy. The shift within just a few months after that, like month seven, eight, all that pipeline and all that hard started work, to find, started to go. Yeah. All that hard work and tears literally for like eight months of my life. And at the time I had no children. So I was working, you know, eight to 10 to 12 hours a day, literally like making these presentations popping in, like I mentioned earlier. And now it was finally starting to like literally pay off financially. Right. And I started getting those first few paychecks. And even my husband was like, Oh, this is crazy. Like the amount of money you can make in this industry. You're not only helping first time home buyers. I obviously love what I'm doing, like meeting all these people. It was so awesome. But like financially, this career can be very lucrative as well. Mm-hmm. So much that, you know, my husband's a broker now. So Yeah, he's like, hey, we tired him from his other job. And then um, <laughs> you have heard that story so many times. I call it like the valley of, you know, 
death where you're like oh my gosh you put all the work first you're really excited so you got this like oh my gosh and then it's like yeah. and then down 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 and then you just got to keep pushing through it and then on the other side but you don't know like at six months if you'd have pulled the plug we would never have been it would have just been this. a failed career yeah. right yeah, yeah. Thing didn't work out didn't it work really back bad. in the mine doing industrial yeah. electrical Just begging for my job back <laughs> but yeah now I like literally can't imagine doing anything else so much my husband was an electrician as well or still is but he quit his job you know six-figure income salary and people thought he was crazy and you know, in this industry, if you're doing well, can make that in, you know, your first few months, six months. So, so did you, okay, question. So did you meet your husband in the mine as an electrician or did you meet him when you were in school becoming an electrician? School. So okay. he's from Kamloops, but I'm from Ontario, but we obviously both went to trade school. Same. Okay. I knew there was a connection there. So, all right. So where do people find you online, Sarah, if they're looking for you? Um, they could find me on like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. So I'd probably recommend my marketing company, which is My Broker Pro, is pretty much right. Just- and we'll have links in the show notes. Just click on the yeah. podcast, and there'll be a link there. You can go check out some of the stuff Sarah does. And so, and even if you're not at our company, there's lots of stuff that's available. That some of it's free, some of it's paid. So go check out Sarah's stuff. It's awesome. I'm telling you that like it's really, really good. So check that out. And thanks for coming, Chavi, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. So hopefully you got some ideas from my conversation with Sarah or got some inspiration. You know, I got to say her stuff that she creates is amazing. And she does a whole bunch of this stuff for our brokerage at Bricks. And so I'm just so grateful to Sarah for just her skill in this area and just how she helps our agents scale that out. In this next segment, I'm going to talk to Tom about benefits of doing things yourself. Check it out. Hey, Tom, welcome to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott. Great to be here. So, hey, what topic are we going to jump into today? Yeah, so I think today what I want to talk about is, and I think on previous shows, we've talked about kind of, you know, this concept of outsourcing. So there's really kind of a big, complicated project where, you know, you don't quite have the skills to do, where it makes sense to maybe get some professional help. This is actually the other side of that coin and talking through, hey, where are those scenarios? When does it make sense to say, hey, do you know what? Maybe I don't want a professional's help. I maybe want to do it myself, you know, go through that process of learning it. So just kind of thinking through what those scenarios are and what are the benefits of doing something like that, right? So just kind of talking through that. Right, cool. Okay, so what yeah. would be the first sort of topic or first point that you think yeah. people need to consider with this whole idea of being an empowered user? Right, right. Well, one thing that I think always comes to people's mind is cost, right? So I can save some money, but I'm going to just take that actually off the table. I don't even want to talk about that because that's implicit. In some cases, it's honestly arguable if you would save costs given the value of your time. So I'm going to take that off the table and talk about some of these more intangible things that actually can really add up. So the first thing is this concept of a faster feedback loop, right? So if you think about, okay, you know what, I'm going to talk about a scenario in blue, or maybe you'd want to send an automated email. Okay. So if you were to go and get some professional help, you'd explain that scenario. They take a look at it. They take a couple days, they get back to you. Maybe it's built right. Maybe it's built not right. And there's some back and forth there versus you doing it yourself. You get to see that automated email happen and you can iterate on it very, very quickly. So this idea of when you do it yourself, you can get that feedback very quickly and that leads to improved process much quicker. Right. Makes sense. I always say it's good to understand that all the parts of your business, if yeah. you can't A to Z, it doesn't mean you're going to do them all forever. But if you yeah. understand them, then it makes you a better business owner. So I think Absolutely. that's, you know, yeah. you're touching on that. Okay. So, okay. What would yeah. be another sort of point that you think about what it would look like to be an empowered user? 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, real quick to the point you made too, I think it's something that Gary V says, I watch his stuff. I don't know if you do, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's like, I'm deadly enough in everything. That's what he says. It's like, doesn't mean I'm going out there and I'm the one doing the killing or whatever you do it, but I'm deadly enough, right? If I need to get in there, I can do it. So that's kind of one thing he says, which I agree with. And so to that point, being deadly enough, I mean, it's yes, these faster feedback loops, but also in that process of, okay, I'm going to try this automated email. Okay, how did that work? What was good? What was bad? You know, in that process, there's actually a lot of learning too, right? Especially as it relates to the tools that you might be using, where you go in to do one thing, but then you kind of come out and say, okay, well, based on how these things are set up, I could even go so far as maybe doing a text message with it and maybe actually creating a bit of a journey around that. And you get to actually learn what's actually possible in the first place, you know, if you are in there and you're kind of getting your hands dirty. Right. When you know how it works, you can be like, hey, wait a second. I could also use this for X, right? Exactly. Like, so I learned how to use Zapier, Zapier, whatever you call it. And I don't build them anymore. But when I first, I was like, this is the cool. I felt like a program. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm like, when something yeah. happens in this program, do this over here. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then once I understood how it works, now I give it to my team and they can take that and they build all kinds of stuff for me. But I understand the tool well enough to be able to set parameters around Okay, because I played with it, you know, now they would know it way better than me. I'd be like, but initially right. I had to have a decent enough understanding to say, hey, I think this tool can solve this problem. Go and set it up because I've played with it enough. I just don't know the nuance right. of this particular use case. So I think there's definitely something to that for sure. Absolutely. And yeah, if you have that, okay, what can Zapier in your example do even, right? It doesn't mean I have yeah. to go and do it, but now I know what it is. So you have now that information in your brain, and then you're combining that with all the context of the business and your day-to-day and all these activities that you do. It's very easy to bring those two things together if it's just in your head versus trying to explain it to a third-party person. They don't get the context of your business. There's some back and forth there that a lot is lost, right? So having that knowledge you know, can really help you there. And then right. really, I mean, you have a great example. The last point I was just going to make is that over time, you know, these things do get easier and easier. And I think, you know, Zapier is a great example. You know, this idea of connecting two systems almost implicitly and required a developer maybe 10 years ago, maybe five years ago. Oh yeah, but for now that's, sure. Right, yeah. right. You just say, hey, I want this to talk to this. Okay, go call someone, right? But right. over time, tools are getting better. And you go all the way back, I was saying this to someone, I forget who, where it's like, it was the same thing with fax machines. There was only one person in the office who knew how to do faxes and you gave it to that person and there was back and forth there. And then Emails were complicated, but over time, these things that at one time seemed complicated just become part of the day-to-day because over time, you know, these benefits that we're talking about add up and it's worthwhile to go in and learn these types of things. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that in the military, they got this thing called the OODA loop. Have you heard of this OODA loop? No. And and so they teach it to fighter pilots. And so it's basically observe, orient, decide, and act. And so it's like you observe... You know, the enemy, they're coming, right? You orient, where are they? What am I going to do? I decide on a course of action. Take, and then the quicker you can do these OODA loops, the faster you're going to improve. And so what you're really saying, what I'm hearing is that by learning how to do some of this stuff, being empowered, doing some of this yourself, you can iterate faster and you understand the nuance of your business and where you can even use some of these things in other parts of your business, right? You'd be like, hey, I can use this also over here. And totally. so it I'm- doesn't mean you need to do all these things forever, but understanding how to do them is a significant advantage for the average person, I think. Totally. And I think what you talk about there, that OODA, right? It's being the business owner in your business, you're good at the two O's. You can observe and you can orient yourself what's going on. But 
you know, kind of this whole thing here is that if you can be an empowered user with some of this stuff, well, that leads to the next two, right? Being able to decide on your own, okay, you know, your scenario where, okay, because of these things and because how I know Zapier works, this is what I want to decide to do. And even the final thing, acting, you know, it's kind of up to you if it's a team member that does it or you do it, that's the A there. And so to your point, hey, if we can make that quicker and quicker, it just leads to better and better outcomes. Right. That's awesome. So if anybody's listening to this, so this is just really the tip of the iceberg. And one of the key things that you want to have is some sort of CRM system to keep everything in place for managing your files from end to end. You guys happen to have that tool. So Blue Mortgage with no E. You guys can go check them out. Except at the end. Yeah. At the end. There's some E in mortgage. There's no E in blue. <laughs> I think we make this joke uh, so, every time. Yeah. I know. Okay. But you know what? Though? It is burning in their brains. It's like blue with no E. Because I'm sure. Yeah. So it's blue yeah. with no E. And uh, Blue Mortgage, Tom and his team can help you guys get set up. We use it for our systems. It works great for keeping track of our files and everything we have going on. And I know more and more of our agents are also getting on board with it. So Tom, thanks for chatting with me, brother. It's always good to connect. Thanks, Scott. All right. Thanks again for listening to this episode with Sarah and Tom. Again, hope you had a couple ideas that you can apply to your mortgage business. I'd say the big sort of principal takeaway, it's kind of interesting. Sarah is showing you how to do things for you or making it easier for you. And then Tom is saying, do things yourself. You know, one of my principles recently that I've been reaffirming to myself a lot is edit, don't create. So take something that someone else already creates, or, you know, if I want my team to come up with a plan for something, instead of me sitting there coming up with the whole plan and saying, oh, we got to do da, 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 da. Now I'm saying, you come up with the plan and come back to me. And then maybe the plan is awesome. And often it is actually, there's stuff that I didn't even, I'm like, that's a good idea. I didn't think of that. But then sometimes it's just a matter of a couple edits and they're off to the races and they bring their own brain to the party instead of me having to be the answer for everything. And so if you have a general rule of edit, don't create whenever possible, I think you're going to find that to be much more efficient. So anyway, something for you to think about. Thanks again for listening to this episode. I will see you on the next show. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.